Welcome to China Tech Talk, the weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, as always, joined by Matthew Brennan.、Uh, not for this introduction, however.、Uh, so this week we are joined by Heatherim Huang, the founder of a company called、uh, Mailtime.、Uh, that they they do、uh, email analytics to look at、uh, purchasing behavior and、uh, do some big data around、uh, blockchain and and provenance of that data. However, we're not talking about that today.、Uh, actually, what we are going to be talking about is、um, his one of his first companies that he worked on called Talkbox. You know, everyone knows that this, depending on where you fall in this argument, perhaps one of the best features of WeChat, or perhaps one of the worst features of WeChat, is the、uh, is the push to talk、uh, feature. Well. Heatherum and、uh, his one of his first companies, Talkbox.、Uh, they actually were one of the first to、um, implement this type of feature and got、uh, a lot of traction because of it.、Uh, however,、um, if we, we look at the landscape now, well, Talkbox isn't there, and so we're going to find out、um, what exactly Talk Talkbox was,、uh, how it competed with WeChat, and also just kind of looking back in general at the the previous landscape of、uh, chat applications in China. You know, it's easy to, it's easy to Forget that there was a time before WeChat. There was a time when even Xiaomi、um, had、uh, a competitor in in the market. And so we'll be talking with Heatherm about、uh, Talkbox, about WeChat, about、uh, MeTalk, and、uh, just looking at the history of chat messaging apps in China. Um. Well, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to、uh, to join us today. So,、um, one of the first questions that we like to ask、um, all of our all of our、uh, new guests is to give a, a brief introduction of yourself and、um, tell us a little bit about you know what you're doing and and、uh, how you came to do what you are doing now. No problem. Hi everyone. Yes, my name is Hitam Hong, and I'm a designer background, like serial entrepreneur. I got involved with like three startups in the past decade. Like yeah, so I start my first startup in. Twenty in twenty o eight, that was ten years ago. Yeah, so yeah, so I started three startups in past ten years. Uh, yeah, from uh, yes, from like UGC content providers to social networking to big data to blockchain. Like, yeah, like just like every other history entrepreneurs. And I started my first startup like in Shanghai, and then. In Hong Kong, and I moved to San Francisco like four years ago, and then I recently like moved back to Hong Kong because of Trump's like like very unfriendly like immigration policy. Yeah. And so, what are you what are you doing now? Like, what's your what are you what's your what's your startup now? Yes,、uh, yes, my. Yes, my current app is called Mailtime. Uh, it is an email messaging app. Uh, with uh, yes, with a big data engine. Yes, we analyze consumers' purchase uh consumers' purchasing behaviors, uh, from the email receipts, and then we generate consumer insights for hedge funds and other investors,、mm-hmm. and also the brands they want to monitor their computer sales. Yeah, yeah, and also with the blockchain technology that uh that the. Yes, let a data buyer they can trace the yeah. Yes, they can trace back the data. Interesting. Yeah, and the and, users they can get rewards. Yeah. And so, what when what were your previous two、uh, two startups that you were working with? Yeah, so basically, I started my first startup in twenty in two thousand eight. Like、uh, at the time, I still 
and courage. So I, yeah, so my first startup was, yes, was an online broadcasting startup. We create a video a day. Uh, yeah, so we, so yeah, we make uh, around 1,000 videos for around three years. And uh, it was actually a very popular, like online program uh, that it was an animated, like a joke video a day. So we got around one to two million views per video, uh, like over the three years period of time. Yeah, so that was the first startup. And then uh, we started another startup called Talkbox Voice Messenger. Uh, it was a push to talk like messaging uh, app. Uh, it's pretty much like the WeChat today that you can send a push, not, uh, you can send a push to talk message to the other side. So yeah, that was that was that was our original idea in 2011, and then yeah, so it ended up with around 13 million users, and then yeah, because of the very tough competition with WeChat, uh, we shut down the company in around 2013. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's that's really what we want to cover today. Avram is uh, is about Talkbox. Um, I'm sure for many of our listeners. Um, you know, outside China, they probably may not have even heard of uh, Talkbox. So, you've just given a brief description of how the app worked. Uh, you know, it started in 2011, and it's a push-to-talk messenger. But if you can just describe a bit more about, you know, how the app worked, um, sure. and what differentiated it from like WhatsApp or WeChat or you know other messenger apps that you know people are more familiar with. Yes, Talkbox was my second startup experience during like late 2010 to early 2013. So Talkbox was the first push to talk voice messaging app on iPhone uh, that launched on January of 2011. So it was like a walkie-talkie kind of like app that you can send a voice message uh, with a simple push to talk. And then, and then the message you send will become a like conversation bubble uh, that you can press the bubble to play the message. That was the that was the that was the original idea. So uh, we launched the app in 2011, uh, like early 2011 in January of 2011. In just two months, it became the most popular social networking app in China and Southeast Asia. Uh, during that period of time, we got around 200,000 new users every day, yeah, for around two, three months. And at the same time, the WeChat and MeTalk app, they just launched, uh, it was without the push-to-talk messaging feature. Uh, it is pretty much like uh, other messaging apps like Kik and also, and also the WhatsApp. At the time, it was uh, like a test-only uh, messaging app. It's like Kik. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the MeTalk and WeChat app, they both added the push to talk. Yeah. So basically, they copy. Yeah. So they follow the Talkbox feature and they launch their push to talk version uh, around April and May in 2011, which was like four to five months after the, yes, after the Talkbox launch. Yeah, so 
I think we talked was a little bit earlier uh, uh, before the WeChat edit, the push to talk feature. Yeah, so, so basically we were the first to launch the push to talk feature for the messaging apps. And, and also, yeah, and the MeTalk and WeChat app, uh, they, yeah, so they pretty much, they first copy the Kick app that they launch a standup like messaging app and then see the huge growth of the top box and then and then they added the, the same push to talk feature uh, around four to five months after that. Yeah. Yeah. So to summarize for listeners who aren't so familiar, uh, Heffern's mentioned a couple of apps there. Well, one of them is MeTalk. Yeah. So back yeah. in back in this area, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can correct me because you'll probably know better uh, than me, Hebron, mm-hmm. but like my understanding is um, Kick Messenger in 2010 yes. uh, became incredibly popular in the States uh, yes. and it had almost yes. overnight success. Yes. Uh, I, I think they gained like a million users in some crazy amount of time, like a, a, yes. a couple of weeks or something. Um, yes, that's why the Meetup and WeChat, they first copied the Kick app. Right, right. Yeah. So that was what really sparked off this whole wave of um, companies in Asia going into messaging, or at least in the China yeah. market and the Hong Kong market. Would you agree yes. with that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, it's it's a very different market that the sky uh, that the WhatsApp and Cake uh, was very popular uh, and very successful in the Western market, right? But when it comes to the Asian market, uh, uh, like Kik and also the WhatsApp, was a less success until the until the success of WeChat that that dominates the market, right? So there is a very interesting reason why. Uh, it's because at the time it was around 2010 to 2011, right? So you just mentioned that because uh, the success of Kik and WhatsApp, it was actually the first. Like it was actually the first, uh, yeah. So basically, at the time of 2011 and 2010 and 2011, it was the period of time that smartphones like iPhone and Android phone they start to replace the feature phones and also those mm. fake feature phones like uh, yeah, just like Nokia Symbian system, right? So uh, when the when the iPhone and Android phones they start to come to the market it come with the full keyboard, right? So basically it comes it come with the A to Z full keyboards, right? But yeah, the interesting thing is uh, in the, yes, in the Western countries, just like, uh, just people like you, uh, yeah, yeah, like full keyboard was actually a very, very, very good like product for you because uh, in your words, like you type the English words with A to Z, which was the which was like what you see is what you get, right? But in the yeah, but in the Asian markets, uh, people don't usually communicate with the English words, uh, so they communicate with their own language like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, right? So uh, yeah, so typing the Chinese words and and maybe Korean words, Japanese words, it wasn't like uh, the English words that was like what you see was what you get. So you will need to use like pin in or something that, which was a combination of a couple words, uh, like, uh, like a combination of couple, like English letters, they can 
uh, actually transformed into gets into a training format, right? So yeah, so yeah, so uh, so it was interesting that uh, when we first launched the push to talk feature, uh, the reason why was actually I was trying to teach my parents uh, to send a message to me with like Skype or but with like WhatsApp or Kick, but it wasn't that easy to do because uh, people like my parents' generations, they, uh, they may not be, yeah, so they didn't actually, yeah, so they, yeah, yeah, so they didn't even learn how to type the Chinese words on the computer. Uh, it's even more difficult for them to type on a phone, right? Like even it is a full keyboard smartphone. So yeah, so I think why, yes, why the push to talk feature uh, can be very popular in Asia countries is because of that, that uh, for those generation of people, they don't need to actually uh, type the, yeah, they don't even, they don't actually need to type the full words in Chinese or Japanese or like Korean. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think um, that people don't realize at first that because, um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the explosive growth that happened with your product with TalkBox Mm -hmm. um, was because there is a large group of people um, in Asia, uh, certainly in, in mainland China and Hong Kong, who yeah. are who, who actually don't use Pinyin. Pinyin, for, for those of you who don't know, yeah. is the Roman Romanized alphabet version of, of how you would write words um, in Chinese using uh, the alphabet. And yes. um, and so if you don't have that, there's a, there are various input methods apart from this. There's, often phones have a way that you can actually draw characters wherever you want to input them, right? You can actually uh, put the strokes in and it will start to yeah. recognize what you're writing and suggest characters for you. And then you pick one eventually. So that's another system that's used in on, on, um, on Chinese phones. But all of these are kind of a little bit awkward. And if yeah. you don't know Pinyin, actually... <laughs> Um, and, and slow, yeah, yeah, and, and certainly um, when we're talking about 2010, 2011, this time, yes. you know, phones. You know, we're talking about early iPhones. We're talking about early Android phones. Maybe, yes. you know, the the it's even more awkward and uh, and a worse user experience. So it actually made a you know it makes a lot of sense that why your particular uh, solution with Talkbox would suddenly get explosive growth. And then be copied a lot because it actually makes a lot of sense. We also see this with like things like QR codes. Why, why you know, it's, I think yeah. it's a big reason yes, why QR, QR codes, codes yeah. are, are so popular in Asia is because this this sort of the Roman alphabet doesn't make so much sense when you're in Japan, um, yeah. or if you're in China. Yep. So that was that the inspiration for the app then? That but that was the core. Why you came up with the idea of Talkbox because uh, yeah. you know you saw this problem. Uh, yeah, I think that was yeah. So basically, yeah, I think that was one of the major like inspirations. So basically, at the time of 2010, 2011, the smartphones start to take over the market. Yeah, so basically, like yeah, people start to switch to the smartphones, right? And then I also bought a smartphone uh, to my parents. But and uh, yeah, so like before the smartphone period. Uh, I think the Android, I think the Nokia phones, you can still use the data to get online. But my, yeah, yes, but my parents' generation, I don't think they will do that. So, so basically, 
uh, yeah, so basically my communication with my parents was mostly uh, through a phone call, uh, not even the SMS, because you need to pay for the SMS. And it's also very difficult to type the Chinese characters um, with the, yeah, with the nine button keyboard on a Nokia phone, right? So yeah, but when you switch to an iPhone, uh, people start to get data uh, on the phone and they try to find a cheaper and, and maybe and, and there's an even a free way that they can actually communicate and send a message for free, right? So yeah, so yes, in the Western country, it's first start with you first start with the WhatsApp and the Kick app. Uh, it was introduced first to yeah. It was introduced first to uh, yeah. So the Kick and WhatsApp uh, and the WhatsApp they were introduced uh, as something to be replaced the SMS right. So you can send an SS, uh, SMS for free. So there was the there was the there was the original idea of the WhatsApp and Kick app. Uh, but and and also I was mentioned earlier that uh, with the smartphone you had the full keyboard, which was very very good for the Westerners that you can type the English words uh, way more easier than on the traditional Nokia phones with like nine button keyboards, right? And yeah, and then uh, but when it comes to China, uh, like like even. Before the MeTalk and WeChat, they tried to copy the Kick or WhatsApp into China, but they wasn't like they they didn't success because uh, because uh, the reason I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, there was another in interesting thing um, that uh, why iPhone was so important. Uh, it was because iPhone was the first smartphone that introduced the push. Uh, they they uh the iPhone was the first phone introduced the push notification feature, right? So like before iPhone, uh, there there were a lot of people they may do QQ on their mobile phones like the Nokia phones, but the QQ on Nokia phones, uh, doesn't come with the push notification, uh, when you are offline, so uh, it couldn't be replaced. Uh, it couldn't replace. Uh, it couldn't replace the. Yeah, it couldn't replace the traditional the SMS thing because uh, when your friend send you a message, you didn't get a push notification. Uh, that is not in real time. So yeah. So so yeah. So iPhone when iPhone first uh, like introduced the put. Yeah, the, when the iPhone first introduced the push notification feature, uh, which leads to the success of the WhatsApp and Kick because they were the two major apps that totally benefit from the push notification on the iPhone. Yeah, and then uh, when it comes to China, uh, even before the MeTalk and WeChat, there were a couple other apps uh, also copy the WhatsApp and Kick app in China. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, that uh, the Chinese generation uh, the Chinese people, uh, yeah, so uh, at the time, very few Chinese people, uh, maybe only the young generation, they can they learn how to type pinyin on the phone. But the older generation, 
uh, like my parents' generation, uh, they are finding hard time of uh, like typing the Chinese the characters uh, the Chinese characters uh, on the smartphones. So yeah, so yeah, so that was that was why uh, we first come up with this push to talk feature that. Uh, when yeah, that was because when my parents trying to communicate with me, they are trying to deliver a message to me and seeking my reply, right? So if like what you can do to make that uh, to make that experience uh, as easy as possible is actually to record it and send it, uh, yeah, just like walkie talkie. So yeah, that, that was the original inspiration of yeah. the. Thing. It's really interesting because um, it's kind of like the difference between um, a call and an email or a call and an SMS. It's 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 asynchronous. And so because um, yeah. I was going to ask, I mean, I think you talked about it a little bit before, um, but one of the things that I was going to ask and then I realized that you've kind of already answered it is what about a phone call? Um, and it makes it makes it's really interesting because, you know, basically with push to talk, um, you know, it's 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 the asynchronicity of um, of a text message, whether that's through uh, WeChat, uh, MeTalk, or you know, even even SMS, uh, uh-huh. cu- coupled with you know the um, kind of like the real time, um, what's a good way to put it, emotive ability of, of a phone call, <laughs> yeah. right? Because the problem the problem with with text messages most of the time is that it's it's really easy to uh, to misinterpret because you have no yeah. idea what's what's the emotion behind what people are saying. Uh, whereas if they if they just use their voice, well, it's 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 very very clear. Um, and so yeah. and so obviously, of course, like you as you were saying, it's it's um it's um um about not not having to type, and that's one of the big reasons that I end up using um, push to talk a lot is that because I just don't feel like typing something out, um, and sometimes it's just you know I have an idea that I need to somehow express. I don't know how to express it, and it's going to take forever to be able to type it out. Um, but uh, but you can just um, say it say it very very quickly um, with with that type of feature. Um, but I'm curious, and so you know looking so looking at the development of 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 talkbox i mean did you guys have any any contact with wechat or um or with xiaomi that they're in, in their me talk uh development team yeah so of course so uh when when we launched like after we launched the talkbox app and uh within yeah so i just mentioned earlier within a month or two we already became the most downloaded and most popular like social app in China and Southeast Asia market. Uh, so after that, uh, like all these VCs and all these like strategic like investment funds, uh, they all came to us. They try to be part of the top. They try to invest or they try to buy out the company uh, because of the because of the early success. So uh, like not only. Tencent and Xiaomi, I think every other famous Chinese like the internet phones and the VCs, they all came to us. They all, yeah, so we we may get a uh, like investment offer like every day or every another day uh, at a period of time. So we were deeply uh, involved with uh, like uh, yeah, like 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 negotiations and and like talkings with uh, like every one of the 
the Chinese tech giants like uh, like Tencent and MeTalk, uh, Tencent and and also Xiaomi. They were also yeah. They all want to uh, they all try to invest or, or like or even try to buy out the company. And every another company like every like every ten cents competitor in China, uh, they all want to do the same. They may see this is an opportunity that uh, you can actually use this as a weapon to maybe fight with QQ because uh, uh, because WeChat wasn't that success yet. Uh, they may think uh, it was the it was yeah. So it was in it was a very rare opportunity that uh, you have a very good like weapon to uh, fight with QQ. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we pretty much talk to everyone on the market and in the game. And actually at the time, not even, not only MeTalk and WeChat, uh, they were developed by Xiaomi and Tencent. I think every other internet giants, uh, they all come out with a similar app. Uh, so and there was an there was actually an article at the time uh, called like Southern Messaging App War, like a war of Southern like Southern like messengers. So so I think uh, there was that like, there were at least a hundred of different like messaging apps, uh, which was pretty much the same. And but, yeah, they're backed by like different. Uh, like internet, like phones, uh, and some of them were actually uh, very strong and very uh, and very big, like internet companies, uh, like Alibaba, Baidu, uh, like 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 every one of them, they come out with a similar app. Uh, but by the end of the day, only WeChat uh, was the successor, right? So only WeChat they survive. On the market, uh, everyone, everyone else uh, like that, even the MeTalk. Right. For those yeah. who are the listeners, we've mentioned MeTalk a couple of times. Just to clarify, uh, MeTalk was made by by Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Actually, yeah. actually, it was uh, to my it was before actually the Xiaomi phones. Yeah. Yes. So basically, yeah. yeah so, be- so basically, the MeTalk was actually uh, one of the very first product of the Xiaomi company before they launch the Xiaomi phones. Uh, they were yeah. So at the time, I think they they have two products internally with the Xiaomi company. One is the MeTalk, the other one is the MeUI. Yeah, and the MeUI it was the it was a ROM of Android. It was a modified ROM ROM of Android phones. So and then they introduced the Mi the Xiaomi phones maybe a year later. Yeah. Right. So Xiaomi actually, you know, this is pretty much their first product. Uh, it's hard yeah. to think of it now because we know Xiaomi. We associate them with with creating, uh, you know, yeah. uh, Xiaomi stores and and, and make a hardware company. Yeah. That, that kind of says they're not a they're an internet company. But at the beginning, they really were an internet company. Um, yeah. They were, you know, they were developing. Uh, this was their flagship app, and it was actually doing quite well at one stage. Yeah. Right. It was uh, along with Talkbox. Uh, I think. Uh, WeChat, Talkbox, and 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 MeTalk were kind of the three big players at one point, right? In 2000. Yeah, by the time. Yeah. Yes. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you know, this leads on to the next question, which is the is the really key here. You know, this was a really <laughs> critical time in the Chinese 
mobile internet history, maybe the most critical time, right? Because it's really early days and, and messaging ended up being the killer app on, on the phone. Um, and WeChat won this war. Mm -hmm. How, what, what were the factors behind this in your mind? Have okay, you know, so you've why got a front the, line. Yeah. yeah, you know, how did this war play out? How did this thousand app war play? What were the real driving factors of why WeChat won this? Yeah, so it's, uh, it is actually very simple. Uh, it, it was because of QQ. So yeah, so basically before the, before the WeChat, uh, Tencent was already the number one like messaging company in China and even in the world. So they have their most popular uh, like messaging app called QQ uh, with more than maybe more than a billion users. I don't know the number at the time, but uh, they already dominate the messaging market in China, right? So, but when it comes to mobile, uh, it, yeah, so when it comes to mobile, uh, QQ, uh, like QQ has uh, a mobile version too since very beginning, maybe like 10, 20, 10, 20 years ago, uh, maybe 10, 10 years ago, they already have a mobile version uh, on the Nokia phone and even on the feature phones. Um, and when it comes to uh, when it comes to the iPhone Android, uh, they still, yeah, they also have their own like QQ for iPhone and for Android. But um, the QQ for iPhone and QQ for Android at at the time in early 2011 was a very 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 bad app uh, because yeah. So if you don't familiar with the Chinese internet history, that uh, the Tencent focus in 2010 wasn't the messaging thing, wasn't anything else. It was the Weibo. It was like the Twitter kind of service in China. Uh, so their biggest fight uh, wasn't the WeChat versus Meetup or or like anything else. It was the yeah. So they yeah yeah yes. Yeah, so there was the uh, yes. There was the Tencent Weibo versus the Xinan Weibo, right? So, uh, so basically, uh, they do have a QQ app for iPhone, but it sucks. Uh, it did. I remember it didn't even come with with the push the push notification feature. If your if your QQ was offline, you didn't turn on the Q. You you didn't if you didn't run the QQ app for the background. You can't even you can't even receive the real time message. So that was a very stupid app. But uh, I was actually talking to the people who involved in the QQ app uh, that project. Uh, they don't care because uh, they think they are uh, so they are dominating the market. Uh, like no matter what kind of app you provide to the users. Uh, the user, the the user have no other choice. They, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they should, they yes, they will use it, right? So they don't care about the user experience because they think uh, their major their major fight uh, was actually the Tencent Weibo. So they are trying, they are trying very hard, and they spend all the resources on the Tencent Weibo to fight with to fight with the Xinjiang Weibo. So yeah, so that was the historical moment. Um, 
So uh, when the when the Meet Talk uh, start to launch, uh, came out with a much better user experience than the QQ for iPhone. Uh, Tencent start to they may start to worry about the market, but they don't really let yeah they don't yes but yeah but they uh, they may start to they may start to do at the market, but uh, they are not that nervous. They are not that worried yet. But until the overnight success of the top box, uh, there was a huge signal uh, for the Tencent. Uh, for the Tencent that, uh, so it was actually sending a message to Tencent that uh, you don't actually need to fight with the Tencent, uh, to fight with the Sinan Weibo. You don't need to spend all your resources actually on the, uh, like on like creating a better Tencent Weibo. Uh, and I even know that sucks, but yeah, but uh, you need to uh, take your advantages, which was the messaging uh, advantages. Uh, and in the 2011, uh, uh, in like inside the Tencent team, uh, not even, not only WeChat, like WeChat was, was only one of the product launched by the, uh, by the QQMail team were in Guangzhou. Uh, there were a couple of other teams inside, like inside Tencent, uh, they were developing a similar app, uh, just like Kick or Meetup. Yeah, so uh, they, yeah, so they were around four, like three or four, like different apps within the Tencent organization, uh, similar to WeChat, similar to Kick, similar to yeah, similar to yeah, similar to Meetup. Uh, but. Uh, until the overnight success, uh, when like until when the when the when the WeChat when the Topbox app uh, start to topping the chart, uh, st uh, start to become the number one uh, most downloaded app uh, on yes on iOS and uh, and Android uh, in the social networking like category. Uh, Tencent, they start to be serious about this. So we actually went uh, went into went into the user history uh, of the top box the users. So we can see the registered we can see the registered time uh, of the of the users, right? And and also, you know, the founder of of Tencent was Pony Ma. And also the founder of WeChat, the founder of WeChat was uh, was like Alan Zhang, right? Right. So we all found the that Ponyma, that Ponyma and Alan Zhang's Topbox account was created um, like within one or two weeks after we launched the app. Yeah. So and then those two accounts and and those couple accounts within the Tencent head like Tencent Circle. Uh, was ex extremely like active uh, in the first couple of weeks. So they are starting. They are starting Topbox app very carefully, and then they are yeah. So basically, yeah, that was the period of time. And then of course, uh, like all these companies, they all uh, yeah. And then uh, so basically, after so basically uh, the WeChat. Uh, they launched the 2.0 version, um, 
so basically, uh, before the WeChat launched the 2.0 version, the Tencent team, they came to us, said they want to invest, they want to buy out the company. Uh, it was because they don't think WeChat can be survived, WeChat can be success. Yeah. So they they only think WeChat was an was an that was an was an like experiment was an experiment uh, within the Tencent organization. That was because the WeChat 1.0 version uh, within five months, uh, like they launched in January until they launched the 2.0 in May. Within five months, they only got a million users. They only reached one million users for yes for over five months. But uh, yeah, but uh, but at the same time, the Topbox app, we got like two hundred thousand users per day, right? So it was a huge difference. So so basically, Tencent, even the even the small circle, the head, even the head, then uh, even the top, uh, even the yeah. So even the Pony Ma and like Tony Jai, they don't think WeChat can be success. So they came to us, they want to buy or they want to invest the company. Uh, but until the May 11th, that was the date, uh, WeChat launched their 2.0 version. Uh, on the same day, uh, they launched the push to talk feature. And on the same day, the, the yes, if you do add the history of the app Any's ranking, you can see there was a, there was a hockey stick. Yes, there, there was a hockey stick like strap uh, for WeChat. Uh, yeah, yeah. So their ranking uh, coming come out from maybe top one hundred app to top five within a day because of they launch the push to top feature, and then uh, within uh, so uh, yeah so uh, so but yeah yeah but the, yeah but the talk uh, they launched the push to top feature too. Uh, around a month before the WeChat did. Uh, so at the time, uh, Topbox, MeTalk, we don't let, we are not that worried about the, we are not that worried about the WeChat app, even they are growing very fast because of adding the, adding the top, uh, push to top feature. But uh, when they launched the 2.1 version, uh, so basically after they launched the 2.1, Oh, uh, their ranking come out from top 100 to maybe top five to ten, but after after they uh, after they launch uh, the 2.1, which was half a month later, uh, around end of May in 2011, they start to integrate with QQ. So like all those like WeChat users, they can very easy to find their friends. They already on QQ, so and they can send a invite to yeah to their yeah to their friends on QQ, and they can very easy to input uh, their content is uh, like for QQ. Uh, when they start to when they launch the QQ when they launch the QQ integration, uh, WeChat become like unbeatable. Yeah, so so yeah, so uh, they they are growing way faster than. Metal and Talbox. So yeah, so uh, I think uh, in around so they lo- so yeah, so they start to integrate with QQ uh, end of May, and within a couple months until until October, 
uh, until October. Uh, like in QQ and uh, the WeChat, I think already reached to 30 million users, uh, 30, uh, 30 million. But uh, WeChat, uh, but the Meetup and Topbox, we burst at around under 10 million users. Uh, yeah, so the game that so and then at October, uh, WeChat launched the Super Bowl. Uh, come with the friends nearby and and also and also the shake shake feature that you can find a friend or, or something that you can talk to you, you can find a random friend that you can talk to like talk to like random people um yeah so uh i just said uh at the time the only company in china uh, that already success in the messaging space and and have all these like user social graphs was was which uh, was Tencent. The Tencent is pretty much the only company that can be success in China with that. Yeah. Even though there were other companies just like Lennon, that was the Chinese Facebook, uh like Lennon Wang and other companies, but uh, that wasn't that good as Tencent. So, yeah, I'd say QQ uh, was the game changer. So, like before WeChat integrated with QQ, uh, WeChat was just like any other the normal players. But when it come with a QQ integration, that was the key. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty interesting because uh, you know if you if you read uh, something like the uh, Tongshun Dram. Uh, the official yeah. history of of Tencent, yeah. yes. Uh, yes. they tell a very different story, right? So mm. they'll they'll say yeah. they'll, if you re- so <laughs> the the book I'm referencing is the official uh, Tencent yeah, history, I know, which I know, I know. is not in English yet, but I believe will be I know, coming out. I know. Uh, you know, yes, but I, I I'm, I'm saying too. for the I'm saying for the I read it too. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, uh-huh. I read it too. They they mentioned that yeah. uh, WeChat was uh, was developed by the. Uh, by the Guangzhou team of Tencent, which was the QQ mail team, and then um, which was the next success until the Meetalk copied a Hong Kong company called the Taobox, and then which they follow the Meetalk very fast. Yeah, but uh, but there was only those features like like every other company they have the same feature, right? So every messaging app on the market. In mid 2011, there were like hundreds of like messaging apps. They are exactly the same. They have exactly the same features of everyone else. Uh, but the only difference is the only difference is the QQ like the content list. The QQ content list is the real key. Yeah. Right. So in your opinion, like the actually Tencent when they it, they weren't very being very innovative company at all. You know, they were always going to win this war. Uh, they just had to build a product that was comparable to the other ones in the market, and then use their already massive advantage of owning the desktop messaging experience and allow users to import their social graph into the mobile experience. And it just so happens that um, that ended up being uh, a product under a different name from a different team, but it was always going to be one of the yeah uh, they, teams that did that. It was just a matter of which. Yeah. Yes, there was uh, actually a very interesting story that um, I think before we start 
the Topbox project, I went to a conference, uh, which the Pony Ma uh, was a speaker at the event, and on that, on uh, like in his speech, um, he he mentioned that um, he was very worried about a QQ uh, because QQ was already an empire that he built for over ten years uh, with like. I think like but like they they already like dominate. Um, I think like eighty or ninety percent of the Chinese market like on messaging way. So, but they but yeah, but he's very worried about QQ. He's like like Polymer. Uh, he yeah he yeah yeah Polymer say he always dream about QQ. Uh. I mean, a QQ, I mean, the whole uh, empire of QQ could be, yeah, could be killed by someone, could be like replaced by someone in overnight. Uh, he was, yeah, uh, because before that, uh, if you remember, there was something called a, yeah, called a War of Three Q, uh, which was the which was the three sixty uh, start a war with the QQ in I think in. Two two thousand nine or two thousand or twenty ten, I don't remember. But uh, so basically, uh, yeah. So Polima was, yeah, Polima was worried about QQ could be killed by some other product, uh, like overnight. Yeah. So yeah, he built the whole, yeah, he built a whole empire, uh, but maybe maybe killed by someone like overnight. So he said. If let day, if let day, if let day really happens, he, uh, he will, yeah, yeah. If let day really happens, he hoped that product could kill QQ, could be a product of Tencent, yeah, could be an internal product of Tencent that could really, yeah, that could really kill QQ, right? So if WeChat was was anyone else product. Uh, like 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 Tencent will use all their resources, like no matter what, uh, yeah, to fight back, uh, with that product. Like either uh, it may not be Topbox or 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 Meetup. It may be some other products by like Sunnyling, like Three Sixty, or maybe Facebook, uh, or or maybe Alibaba. I do, but but uh, if there was a there, if there was a product can really start to uh, yeah start to challenge QQ, uh, Tencent will use all their resources, whatever you can you can imagine to fight back with that product. But uh, but because of that product, yeah, because of WeChat was actually an internal product of Tencent. Uh, in the beginning, they didn't actually uh, give that much resources to WeChat until the 2.0 because they see the real growth. Then they actually give whatever they can give, whatever resources they have to the WeChat, including the QQ contacts and also all the QQ's resources. Uh, there was actually an internal fight with QQ and WeChat because uh, because the QQ team, they uh, they don't really want to give 
all these resources to WeChat team because they are fighting internally. Uh, but yeah, but the Pony Ma start the war that they yeah, but the Pony Ma uh, give whatever whatever like resources they have to WeChat team to fight back with with everyone else. Right. So that's why uh yeah, that's how the how the WeChat can yeah can win the war after all. Yeah. So there was another company uh I mentioned earlier the Lennon the the yeah it's a Lennon one. Uh, the London, the Chinese Facebook. I think they may like other than Tencent, they may the only one else uh, come with a very mature like social graph. Uh, the yeah, and but they didn't they didn't do it well. They didn't they didn't catch the opportunity. Yeah, so I think the London may be the only one they can have. A chance to fight with WeChat, but they didn't do. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't do well. Right, Raymond Wang, that was run by Wang Xing at the time, probably right. Uh, so. No, by Wang Xing was earlier. It, yeah, so there was called the Xiaonan Wang. There was before Lennon, uh, and uh, and uh, Lennon was acquired, and the Xiaonan Wang was acquired by, yeah. Yeah, by Tianxiang, which runs the Maopu MOP.com. And then it was acquired by them and, and changed the name to London. Yeah. After that. Yeah, was so. uh was was so you meant before like uh, did did WhatsApp have no you know what to put this into a global context as, as mm-hmm. this is happening, you know, um in other Asian markets, uh, in um Hong Kong, Singapore, you know, WhatsApp is is really popular, uh, yes. and is it exploding uh, across uh, Europe as well at this time, yes. um, and, and other uh, many other global markets. Yeah. What, and they weren't blocked in China, right? Uh, uh, to, yeah. to my knowledge, right? So did they not have any, why why were they not in this in this race? Why why would, you know, it's a question that often, often gets asked about about. Uh, uh, particularly WeChat, but all, all Chinese platforms, you know, like, oh, you yeah. know, was it was it the case that the uh, could no company from Silicon Valley be in this race? Why, why were there no American um, companies? Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so the, yeah, so the WhatsApp, it wasn't blocked at the time, but it, it was eventually blocked in China together with LAN and KakaoTalk and Talkbox and all other like non-Chinese messaging apps. They were all blocked in around 2012 or 2013. I don't remember when, but uh, uh, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't blocked because it was it was still it was still like very small in China, right? So basically, when it was still very small, Chinese government they did they don't they are not they don't care yet, right? So when they come when the messaging app become bigger. Uh, in China, like MSN uh, was like like once upon a time, uh, the MSN Messenger was actually quite popular in China. They were they were eating around twenty percent of the market share of QQ. So they are very popular uh, in uh, in China for maybe a year or two. 
and then it come with Skype. Yes, yeah. So Skype uh, was actually a very popular like messaging app, and and has a quite significant market share in China for a period of time. Uh, but first, MSN and Skype, uh, they all have so basically they all have uh, what they call it a joint venture operation in China, uh, which was under control of the Chinese government, right? So basically uh, the contents. So if you download a Chinese version of Skype, it was actually quite different uh, from the Western version with the international version. So uh, it was provided uh, by a joint venture company in China, that whatever message you send, uh, they were stored on a Chinese server instead of the of the MSN and Skype servers like overseas. So, so uh, when if you are Western, if you are Eastern, if you are a foreign company wants to be in a game, uh, it's very tough. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I don't think it's that easy. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so LAN, once upon a time, they partner with 360, they, they partner with Stanley to, yeah, yeah, to create a, yeah, to create a joint venture company in China, try to run a localized version of LAN. Uh, that was 2012 or, or, or maybe late 2011, I don't remember, but yeah, but, uh yeah but so so yeah so the outsiders was very difficult to play the game yeah so the top box uh was in a very awkward situation because top box was a company from hong kong right so hong kong was part of china but it was actually separate for uh uh, from yeah, so it was actually outside the Great Firewall, right? So, so uh, as a Hong Kong company, we are uh in a very very awkward situation that uh we can't run a server in China, we can't have our operation in China, so uh so. Uh yeah, so it's very difficult for us to target the Chinese market because uh because uh because we can only run our service outside China and 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 Chinese like ISPs usually uh give very hard time for the foreign like internet services, right? So uh Chinese users of Topbox usually like experiencing very uh, very significant like significant delay or like uh, like a performance issue of using the Topbox app. So uh, we are not in a fail game, right? So yeah, we are not in a fail game. So uh, yeah, so uh, being in this game is already very hard. And you are not, yeah, and especially uh, like on the infrastructure side, you are not as uh, fair with other Chinese companies. So, yeah, you will eventually to lose the game.
Yeah, but yeah, but like other companies, like yeah, like MSN messengers and the Skype, uh, what I do is they like uh, I think the MSN they they create a joint venture in China to use Chinese license to run the service, but everything like all the messages they will need to go through the monitoring system of the Chinese, uh, and and also the curate system right uh, and for the Skype uh, they just sell the license yeah so basically they just license a Chinese company to run their Chinese service so they don't even touch that thing they just license all the brand or the technology to a Chinese company to run the service so so yeah so uh, if you are a foreign app, if you are not broke in China yet, it means you are not let back. Uh, as as long as uh, as soon as you are like becoming popular, uh, you will need to be like localized with a Chinese partner or maybe create a joint venture company, or you will be banned in China. In the, how did things work out eventually with with Talkbox? Uh, you mentioned that uh, the the companies eventually wound up, but you know how how did it play out? Um, okay. Once WeChat yeah. started taking over, and and in, in your other markets as well, right outside mainland yeah. China. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we made a very big mistake uh, during the time. So uh, it was because when we see the growth of WeChat, uh, we didn't gave up the Chinese market yet. We were still uh, putting all our resources on the Chinese market. Uh, we were talking to the potential buyers and we, we talked to everyone of, of Tencent's competitor. They may partner with us to fight with Tencent, but that was, pretty, that was completely wrong. Uh, because at the same time, uh, other than China market, we were actually the most popular app in some Southeast Asia market. Uh, like in Malaysia, we have 50% of the penetration of the smartphones. That was crazy big. Uh, and we were very popular in Taiwan, in Singapore, in Malaysia, in also some of the Middle East countries. We were the number one app, the number one, it, it's not only the messaging app, the social networking app, it was the number one app of in like in all category, but we didn't actually put uh, that much intention on those markets. We were ignoring the feedbacks and and the requests uh, from the users from that markets from those markets. We were still uh, focusing on China, but whatever we spend on China, but whatever resources we spend on China was eventually a waste. The more money, the more time, the more resources we put in China, it, it turned out to be a waste, right? But uh, we made a big mistake because when we see our growth in China is dropping, we should actually uh, focus more on other markets other than China. But we didn't do it. We, we were ignoring them. Um, until half a year later, we completely lost the war in China. Like me, Todd, and 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 us, and everyone else was out of the game. Uh, and we start to 
uh, we start to try to pick up like other markets, the Southeast Asian markets, but uh, but yeah, but yeah, but it's too late. Uh, yeah, because of LAN, the LAN messenger, uh, it come out with a very cute, very cute stickers. The uh, it come out with very when it, it when it come out with very cute like stickers like uh, uh, there was Brown and Connie they were completely like uh, like replacing us uh, yeah so basically uh, we were we were replaced by LAN messenger uh, in those markets like Taiwan Southeast Asia so we were lost again so yeah. So yeah, and then uh, we in China market we were trying to talk to all these potential buyers. Every every one of Tencent's competitors, but after half a year, everyone else they realized uh, the WeChat was already like dominating the market. They don't have a chance to fight back. So. Uh, they also like give us on us too. So end up we didn't sell to anyone. Yeah, and then uh, we pivot to, uh, yeah, yeah. so in late 2012 and late 20, and early 2013, we pivot from a consumer messaging app uh, to an to a, like, enterprise like messaging app. It, um, it may be like Slack or something, but yeah, but it was uh, quite early, but, uh, 12, uh, 2012, 2013, we pivot from a uh, messaging to like enterprise messaging. And uh, I didn't tell you the the history of Topbox app. The, yeah, yeah. So the Topbox app was actually a spin off of a Hong Kong app, a development by consultant agency company. So we were a spin off company. So let yeah. So yeah. So our yeah, so our parent company called Green Tomato, they were the biggest like app consultant agency companies in Hong Kong. They have a lot of like enterprises like clients. So after we pivot from the Topbox consumer app to the enterprise app, so basically the Green Tomato, the parent company, they start to sell the enterprise solutions to yeah to those like enterprises. And at the time. Um, the top of team was pretty much was pretty much like dismissed. So basically, yeah. So basically, at the end of 2012 and early 2013, the team was separated. So uh, we have uh, so we pivot and uh, the team was dismissed. Yeah. Uh, and the third and the service uh, we didn't actually shut down the service. The service still running today, but we didn't change or didn't maintain for anything. We just run the server until now. But there were maybe a couple hundred users still use maybe a couple thousand users still use the top of ad every day, even though it wasn't get that update updated for like over the years. But still have some of the users like maybe a couple hundred or couple thousand users still use the top of app as of as of today every day. So we still get the like support tickets or, or something uh, until now, but but the company was pretty much like shut down, and the service we only have one server running, and then the team and the team was dismissed. Yeah, yeah, and then like 
But fortunately, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, my yes, my new company, the Mail Time, uh, like I think half of my team today were the founding team of, of the top box. So basically, um, uh, a lot of uh, our old colleagues from the top box team joined my new company. So we have half of the team members were actually originally from the top box team. Yeah. Right, right, right. So the, the team lives on together, but it's still based in Hong Kong, I guess. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we were in the Silicon Valley for a couple of years, uh, and we moved back to Hong Kong late last year because of Trump. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, thanks okay. to Trump. Well, well, Heather. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, it was a it was a fascinating uh, conversation, looking at some um, what what we might call ancient history of the Chinese internet. But um, <laughs> but as always, context in in history is is very uh, important. Um, but before we go, if uh, mm-hmm. if our listeners want to to reach out or to find you mm-hmm. online, where where can they do that? Okay, they can. Let me see. Uh, they can send me an email. Yeah, my email is uh my email is hedek at mailtime.com. H E A T H E R M at mailtime.com. Uh that was a, actually a shorter email. Uh that was H. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll and we'll we'll yes, make sure to include H. that in the uh in the show notes. Okay. Any any uh, okay. any social media that you want to plug or anything anything else? Uh they can find me on Twitter, which was the Hitam Huang at Hitam Huang H E A T H E R M H U A N G. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll include and, we'll yeah. include the email and the uh, the Twitter on on inside yeah. the show notes. Sure. Again, thank you, Heather, so sure. much. No problem. And by the way, there yeah, so there was and there will be an upcoming like TV drama about the story of Topbox. Um, like fighting with WeChat and like everything else. It's called the Entrepreneurial Edge. The Chinese name is called the Chang'e Style. It will be on TV, uh, I think, early September. It will be a 50, like 50 episode of a TV drama, but it's in Chinese. But yeah, but it will be a very interesting like story of, it will be a very interesting story yeah, so you can call it like a Chinese version of Silicon Valley. So, uh, so who's who's going to be who's going to be playing you, Chris Wu? Okay, uh, okay. There, there were two major like Chinese actor and actress. The yeah 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 the yeah the leading actress was the Angela Baby. She was the most famous like mm. the actress in China, and the and the actor uh, and the lead actor. With called Huang Xuan, he's also the the most popular like Chinese actors now. Yeah, he originally played like tons of the movies and TV dramas. Great, great. All right, years. all right. Well, Heather, thank th- th- thanks again. We really appreciate it. Uh-huh. Thank you. And that's about all the time we have for this edition of China Tech Talk. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes. Or if you're on Pocket Cast or Overcast, you can tap on that star button and it will recommend this episode to your network. And coming up in September, Matthew is organizing the China Chat Conference. It happens every year. I believe this is the third year that it's going on. It is a, uh, a conference dedicated to digital marketing, in particular uh, WeChat, as you can imagine. It features the leading minds in uh, digital marketing and e-commerce here in China. 
uh, featuring some of um, actually some of the people that we've had on the podcast, including Elijah Whaley, CMO of Park Lou, and Thomas Graziani, CEO and founder of Walk the Chat. That's going to be on September 20th and 21st in Shanghai. And the uh, registration link will be in the show notes. <laughs>